All right. Welcome, everyone, to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined this week, as always, by my co-host, Brian Wells. March Madness is officially over. We'll talk about all the biggest action from the Final Four this weekend. Wide range of emotions for me. North Carolina beating Duke in Coach K's final game. South Carolina beating UConn to win the national championship. And then Kansas pulling off the biggest comeback in national championship game history over North Carolina. Lots of thoughts on those. From there, we'll talk about the Masters set to take place this weekend. Tiger Woods says he's playing, first time since the 2020 edition of that tournament after his devastating leg injury suffered early last year. We'll give our expectations for him and several other golfers who will be hoping to leave Augusta National wearing a green jacket on Sunday. We'll also get ready for the 2022 MLB season by giving our predictions on playoff teams, World Series, awards, very excited that opening day is finally here in a few days. Finally, we'll conclude this episode by answering five questions on Bruce Arian's retirement, the U.S. men's national team qualifying for the World Cup, the Grammys, and more. So with that, let's get started. So there were a lot of big events this weekend. There's a, a lot going on. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about most of them, but uh, one event that was arguably the biggest that we're not really going to talk a ton about was WrestleMania 38 from AT&T Stadium. Did you watch any of the, uh, the highlights or clips of it? Okay, so I saw a couple highlights, and I got to say, Pat McAfee is definitely a legend. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I will say that. <laughs> uh I, I so I caught some of his highlights in it, and yeah, yeah, he got he was one of one of several people to be um, stone cold stunned by uh, Steve Austin. He got uh, he got Vince McMahon too, but I thought Pat McAfee did a great job with his like you know selling it. it, it obviously, yeah. it's not real, but yeah, I, I, um, that's the reason why I'm not a big WrestleMania fan whatsoever. But stuff, just wrestling in general, like WWE, or yeah, even just that, yeah, like I'm not a wrestling fan whatsoever, but. That was kind of cool, and I remember Gronk several years ago when he randomly came in the ring one time and, mm-hmm. and knocked uh, someone out. I don't remember his name, but but yeah, in no, that moment, it, that was pretty cool. It's it's fun how like they they like to bring out just like normal people who are just big wrestling fans and be like, hey, you want to wrestle at WrestleMania? Like that's that's some of these people's dreams. Like that Johnny Knoxville come out. Um, I think Wee Man also joined him in a fight. Uh, so like it, it's fun. I think um, every year I say, man, like I should get WrestleMania this year. I don't even have Peacock, which like I think that's how you watch it. Uh, it's like the one streaming service I don't have. But again, there's so much other stuff going on. Uh, it's t- tough for me to really focus on it. It was one of those things where I was like scrolling through Twitter, like seeing highlights of everything else, be like, oh yeah, WrestleMania is also happening at the same time. It's just crazy to think about. I almost feel like they should have it 
like a different weekend, like a weekend later, because you got like this weekend been perfect. You have the masses during the day and then the sun goes down and everyone tunes into WrestleMania. But I know people tuned in regardless, uh, you know, even with everything else happening. And it's, uh, you know, one of these days, maybe we'll we'll have more wrestling content for for you on this podcast. (laughs) We'll see about that. Yeah, I, I was a huge fan as a kid. Did you ever watch it like? No, I never, I've never, I've never, I've never liked it as a kid, as a kid or as an adult, never liked it. Interesting. Yeah. My brother was a big fan. He got me into it. But there have been highlights like this past weekend with Pat McAfee where it's like, huh, that, that I did kind of like. Yeah. Nash was on Triple H, uh, had to announce his retirement, hell scare, but it was cool seeing him. He like introduced WrestleMania on Sunday night, left his boots in the ring. So definitely, I, I honestly didn't know he was still wrestling. I thought he had already retired because he barely wrestles anymore. But it's uh, you know, glad he's gonna be okay because he's definitely like one of the the saving graces when I I think about like our hometown being somewhat of a cool place. It's <laughs> fun. Yeah. So, uh, of course, everything that happened um, at WrestleMania, at least in terms of the actual matches, was fake. But something that was not fake this weekend. South Carolina Gamecocks are your women's national champions, and the Duke Blue Devils are not your men's national champions. And that is how we're going to phrase what happened on the men's side of the bracket this weekend. It was, uh, it was definitely a, an emotional roller coaster for me, like those three days uh, being a Tar Heels fan and um, having the, the highest of highs on Saturday night, like one of the greatest sports nights of my life, watching... UNC beat Duke, Coach K's final game, just like the the biggest game in the history of the rivalry. I mean, that's what Armando Baycott put it. First time they ever met in the tournament. And then Monday night sucked. Like, there's no other way to put it. You know, blowing a 16-point lead, largest ever in national championship game history. But it doesn't take away from how awesome Saturday night was for me. And it doesn't take away how great Sunday night was with Gamecocks beating Gina Oriyama and UConn. Yeah, I didn't catch any of that game but cool that uh yukon lost so i know you're not a fan of yukon so well, i'm not a fan of gino Oriyama is really what it is yeah which i mean that's totally fair i i i hate yukon as well like I, duke is is a special place for me but like it was just so much going on like so intense for me like so much anxiety and stress and i, I was definitely way more stressed about the north carolina duke game because i had way less confidence in the Tar Heels than I did the number one overall seed Gamecocks. Uh, but it, it was still still uh, a a crazy, crazy weekend of college basketball for me, just like the ultimate highs and the ultimate lows. And, you know, losing that game on Monday night, it's, it, it's hard. It, I, I've had so many, like, ideas of how I was going to talk about both South Carolina and North Carolina winning the national championship. Just like the most incredible 48 hours of March Madness ever, (laughs) you know, just a personal bias take and everything looks so good. And then of course, you know, the second half starts and Kansas is a second half team. We saw them do it to Miami. They did it to Villanova. And then once again, just came out of the gates swinging. And yeah, the the combination of both, so North Carolina blew a 25-point lead to Baylor yep. mm-hmm. in the round of 32. And then we saw in the lead eight, Miami was uh, beating Kansas at the half. And it it looked like it was not looking good for Kansas. But then all of a sudden, they exploded in the second half. And it wasn't even close. 
And yeah, I think it's forty-seven to fifteen in the second half of that game. So both those co- coming together at the same time really showed in that game, of course. Yeah, I know it was it was hard to be too confident. It was one of those things where like the f- longer halftime went, the more it was like this is far from over. Like I can't think that this is done, but it, it's hard to when you're up forty to twenty-five. You go on a sixteen-zero run like that late in the second half to not start thinking this is gonna end well, and um, it didn't. But you know, I, I'm still very happy for what the Star Heels team did. Like beating Coach K, not just in his last home game at Cameron Indoor last month, but also in his last game in the Final Four, the first time those two teams ever played in the tournament. It's it's hard to not be happy as a Tar Heels fan. Even Obviously, with I saw your like, <laughs> your Snapchat videos and you sent me random, had, random pics at three in the morning. Yes, yeah. I know. I, I had so much fun on Saturday night. So I was I was actually very uncertain about what I was going to do for this game. Uh, the past two games, I had to watch alone once because I was um, isolating to try to prevent getting COVID. That was the game when North Carolina lost by 20 and it wasn't even that close. And then, of course, last time I had COVID, so I was forced to quarantine from everyone else. Um, And I was, like, thinking that I would watch the game at home again, but I was convinced to go to a bar in downtown Raleigh uh, with other friends. And I was like, do I want to watch with a bunch of Duke fans? Well, luckily, the place I went, 95% 95% of the people there were rooting for North Carolina. I really wasn't sure what to expect because I'm in NC State territory. They hate both teams. I think they hate North Carolina a little more. I didn't know if Coach K's final home game would be like a, enough to make people root for Duke, but everyone there was rooting for the Tar Heels. Most of the bartenders were wearing Tar Heels gear. A lot of Carolina Jordan 23 jerseys and uh, you know behind the bar. And I... I uh, was convinced to get Jack and Coke by one of the bartenders, and he was like, I'll give you a little extra because of that. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep going to you and keep getting more Jack and Coke. And by the end of the night, I was hammered. But I, it just the combination of one of my favorite teams in all sports. Like, I love the Tar Heels. I've been a fan of the Tar Heels technically longer than I've been a Steelers fan. Like, I, I went to a basketball camp the summer between – third and fourth grade I was the North Carolina Tar Heels and then you know I, I didn't have any kind of a college basketball team so I just decided they were going to be my team and then a few months later I started to be a football fan for real it started to be a Steelers fan because of my dad but North Carolina it just stuck they won the national championship that year and I, they were just never going away after that so like I've loved this team for so long and I've hated Duke for so long like a lot of people listening to this probably aren't going to be happy hearing this but I genuinely am a bigger Tar Heels basketball fan than I am a South Carolina Gamecocks football fan I hate Duke basketball more than I hate Clemson football you know it's just I've been in it for 18 years way longer than before I ever even considered the idea of me going to South Carolina for college so um, it was just a wave of emotion and yes I kind of I, uh, yeah, you kind of lost it. Yeah, you, you don't, I lost you don't it. exactly take the high road, <laughs> moral high ground. No. <laughs> when it comes to whenever something goes in your favor, whether if it's a team that you want to root for uh-huh. wins or a team that you hate loses. And in this case, it was both. And when it, it goes in your favor, you definitely do not take the high road whatsoever. No, like, no. When, I, when, the, know, when the Patriots lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl, you... 
you wore a Carson Wentz Eagles jersey, and you're a I was Steelers my Eagles jersey. You were you're yeah, a Steelers fan, and then <laughs> and and then there was the when the Warriors beat the Cavs in the NBA Finals the first time around. You 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 put a Snapchat picture the next morning, breakfast of champions, or your week box of Wheaties like it wasn't Wheaties it was actually donut cereal oh, which was okay. delicious yeah but you're right no I I, <laughs> I um yeah I mean I I have no no regrets I'm not holding back like I get it I I it was just caught up in emotion just a ton of people they started playing all I do is win at the bar the Wiz Khalifa <laughs> song like, right. I met these like random Canadians who were like we love Vince Carter because we're Raptors fans and they're rooting for the Tar Heels and they it, it was awesome I I was having a good time and yes I did send a 3 a.m. snapshot to like 30 something people <laughs> I was like I probably shouldn't post this on my story right now but my thought was look I want people to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, yeah, North Carolina did beat Duke last night. They did end Coach K's career. That was a horrible way to lose. <laughs> so I just did like a mass snap to like a bunch of people, my contacts. And I think seven people actually responded the yeah, next morning. Yeah, I didn't morning. respond to that. <laughs> no, most, most people didn't. It was one of those things that I was like, nobody's actually going to respond to this. I wouldn't respond to this the next morning if someone said that to me. But I didn't care. I was riding just like the ultimate high that night and i'm only gonna look back fondly on this tournament run north carolina was not expected to go to the national championship but most people didn't even expect them to make it out of the first weekend i know you picked them to upset baylor yeah i had that and it wasn't even it still wasn't uh good enough it still should have been higher on north carolina yeah i know i mean just like an incredible run you know beating two Final Four teams from last year, also beating UCLA. And people want to say, oh, they got an easy game against 15-seeded St. Peter's. St. Peter's beat Kentucky and Purdue. Like, that that was not a pushover team. They they were, I don't know, no, they were awesome. overcame I, I, them I, in the tournament. Yeah. When they, it got to, when it got to that game, team. it's like, all right, well, this will be a miracle if they make it to the Final Four. But uh and the, and the Tar Heels blew him out. It wasn't even like it was a closed game. It yeah. was it was over from the beginning. And then, of course, beating Duke, it, it was just the ultimate like tournament run that would have been so sweet to end in a championship. <laughs> and had had Kansas just blown him out in that game, like it looked like it was going to happen, going up seven nothing. Like it, it, North Carolina was just not there. You could say, okay, yeah, the national championship was. Saturday night for the Tar Heels, like Kansas. I, I kind of had you. that. You won this. I kind of had that thought as well, but we're both yeah, I mean, we're, I, we're both Red Sox fans, and they they beat the Yankees <laughs> in 04 and after being gone three Cardinals. nothing. But like, yeah. I still want them to win the World Series. Yeah, I know you want them to win it, and uh, I know Theo Epstein made that uh, comment. Uh, it's time, let's go beat Finland now, because that was what happened. USA beat USSR in 1980. That was just to get to the gold medal match. Right. That wasn't to win the whole thing. They still had to win another game. And yeah, I mean, it, it sucks to be already having been on the wrong end of the, the greatest shot in national championship game history. Now on the greatest comeback in national game history, which when it comes down to it, 16 points, 15 at halftime, like that's not some insurmountable lead. Not like, oh, how did they blow this? This wasn't 28 to three. Yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not like that. No, so it's it's tough. It's a tough stat. It's much more like when uh you know the Patriots came back from twenty four fourteen down to the Seahawks, where you're like ten points, like that's never happened before, uh, or I guess that only happened once at that point. And um yeah, I mean it, it's it's tough, but I'm a huge fan. 
of the Tar Heels still. Like I'll always love this team and I'll always love the 2021-22 team specifically just for what they did to Duke and Coach K. I got to tell you though, I, even though I don't have a fandom or a hatred for either of these teams in this matchup, I got to tell you, I actually did have a real brooding interest in this game because, so I'm sure you're familiar with the format Survivor in football that goes yeah. on throughout the year. So if you pick a team you that wins, you move on to the next week. And if, if it loses, you're done. So, so I they do that in March Madness. So I did that in March Madness and I made it all the way to the final four. I technically made it all the way to the championship because I picked Kansas over Villanova. Yeah, and all I needed was Duke to <laughs> beat North Carolina and then win the yeah. national championship game, which is obviously easier said than done. But they were the favorite at one point, uh, mm-hmm. especially when Gonzaga and Arizona were out. And I thought for I sure feel- they were going to win it all. I was yeah. feeling really good about it, and it would have been a really nice payday. But so, uh, even though I don't have a fandom like you, I actually did have a real rooting interest in that game, and I was. I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit heartbroken. At the end of that <laughs> I mean, game. When you have actual money on the line, I get it. I mean that that happens, and I I totally understand that. Um, yeah, I mean I I think that's another aspect is not just feeling like North Carolina couldn't beat Duke again, like after already doing that, but just like it, it, the way everything was unfolding. I was convinced after that first Sweet Sixteen night when Gonzaga lost to Arkansas and Duke beat Texas Tech that Duke was going to win the national. That championship. was my exact thought process too. Where once once those two teams got out and then Duke barely beats Texas Tech, I'm thinking, oh man, they're they 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 have a shot to win now. And and uh-huh. I thought they were the best team left, and that's why I saved them for last. And. I felt like I played that out correctly, but turns out it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Coach K used his timeouts way too early. Oh yeah. Was, oh uh, yeah. They they was... had like no. They had what one timeout like, left with like ten minutes left to go. It was. Yeah, I think he was out of timeouts like four minutes left in the game. Like Hubert Davis out coached Mike Shashevsky in that one. Another thing is they're big guys. I, uh, John. Well, John was like a scrub, so that's why he had yeah, four fouls I mean, in the first half. But Mark Williams, he had Mark Williams. He had mm-hmm. a couple quick fouls, and he. They had he had they had to save him, but at the last minute and a half of the game, they're down by one, and then he misses both free throws, and then yep. the combination of that, and then Caleb Love hitting the the biggest shot of the tournament. That yeah. like that was that when that shot went in, that's when it was over. I know Roach got a quick two, but uh-huh. I mean, felt, I wasn't ready like- to call it, but yeah, you're right. When when Caleb Love hits that three go up 78 to 74 it it absolutely might as well have been the game at that right point. and uh yeah i mean it caleb love monday night was not his night yeah but it saturday is, it, saturday he was an mvp monday he was a complete liability I, I, yeah. he also had an ankle injury uh, in that game everyone got hurt yeah was playing video of the, the, floorboard. the floorboard yeah yeah what do you think about that yeah that i mean so a lot of people are saying that's just how physics works. Like it's designed like that. It's not like an actual thing. So I'm not trying to read too much into it. Be like, oh, like he got screwed because of that. I think it was just an unlucky thing. Yeah, I mean, unfortunate. He, especially given how big he is, too. Yeah, I mean the fact that he had a double double in the first half in a game that people are wondering whether, like, how good is he even to play in this game? Like, Baycott is incredible. He is so much fun this, yeah, and this then, tournament. And I mean, then this when whole he, team is so much fun. And then when he got hurt, 
McCormick, I don't think it's a coincidence he ended up getting the last two baskets of the game. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was someone who, like, he really struggled in the first half. He was a big part of why they fell behind. I thought McCormick late in the tournament was a force but in he that, was awesome but, against Villanova but yeah it, oh yeah he was awesome versus Villanova I was reading into his draft stock and he's like a second round undrafted guy what are you talking seriously <laughs> this guy's like the best uh, player on the court right now but yeah in the North Carolina game the yesterday yeah I, I think Baycott did a really good job uh, against him and Baycott was really good in the final four he had 21 rebounds versus Duke oh yeah <laughs> he had he's the first player in tournament history to have six double doubles that's, that's just in, yeah. Oh, I did see that stat. Yeah, that that's nuts yeah. to think about. And yeah, yep. North Carolina, their backcourt with R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, they they were they were awesome throughout the mm-hmm. basically the entire tournament up until yeah, maybe I know just last that, night. that last game, which is frustrating. And Brady Manick, like he he was great in the first half, and I don't know what happened with like the whole elbows. Like, was he playing with a concussion that whole time? It, it was a kind of a, a crazy injury luck that he was dealing with you know in addition to the rest of the team but yeah i mean i think that second half was frustrating it was uh it was really tough it was really painful uh but you know the i'm far enough removed from it now that it's like look congrats kansas they were the best team in the country this year i think it's very fair to say uh you know they just a loaded team they had a lot of like seniors and juniors who are big contributors which is not something you always think about with kansas you know given how much talent Bill Self brings in, like one and done guys over the years, but yeah, they're they're a fantastic team. Yeah, they, and um, you yeah, know they 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 deserve to win. They deserve to win. I, I thought Duke was the most talented, but I think Kansas was just overall a more complete. Team. Less does that flawed. make does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. No, absolutely. I know Duke definitely had a lot of talent, and you know their their talent showed up most of the time, and. Uh, you know, not always, but Kansas was very consistent and they, they were overlooked the whole tournament and, uh, you know, no one talked about them. No one talked about Kansas Villanova well, once, in the final four. Once the, all the best teams in their region were out, that's mm-hmm. when I really thought like, all right, well, Kansas is definitely yeah, playing we, Providence and yeah. Miami. Yeah. I definitely felt uh, like they were locked to make the final four. And then once they got the matchup versus Villanova, not that Villanova's bad, but they had an injury to Justin Moore. Yeah, Justin Moore. And yep. and I, I don't know. I guess Villanova plays at a really slow pace. And I'll admit, between the two, I thought Kansas, even before the game, was just a much better team. So it felt like after uh-huh. the first couple rounds, I really thought they were going to be in the championship game. And I really thought it was going to be Duke versus Kansas. <laughs> for a while. I was rooting for Kansas like because for two reasons. One was... I thought Duke was going to win, and I thought Kansas had a better chance at beating Duke because I thought they were better than Villanova, especially when they were fully healthy and Villanova wasn't. And also, one thing that I totally forgot to mention until now, Kansas-North Carolina was an all-Roy Williams national championship yeah, yeah. in Coach K's farewell tour season. So like that's another did, thing where it's, like, it's hard that. to be that upset because Kansas is his other team. He did say that, well, I recruited basically all these guys, and, and I obviously know... Uh, Hubert, so mm-hmm. he, he was leaning towards North Carolina. Yeah, he was but, but it was very pre- much rooting for the Tar Heels. But, but. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good... Uh, pre- even if, yeah, they didn't win... He st- said he wasn't rooting against Kansas. Just rooting more for words. North Carolina. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which, I mean, it makes sense. He went to all the Tar Heels games. Like, he, he was wearing Carolina blue the whole tournament. He he had that mask that was, like, 
the the checkered yeah. blue and white. Mm-hmm. So no, I mean I love Roy Williams. Uh, you know, good good for him to uh, you know, have I guess his second team win the national championship. You know, it's it's I'm sure it's hard for him to be too upset about North Carolina losing to Kansas. Yeah, especially um, when again, you beat your biggest rival on Yeah, right? On I know. Stage. Coach K <laughs> Coach K's farewell tour you getting mean coach, uh You mean Coach 401K? <laughs> yeah, I was like, just Coach L. I love, I love that shirt where it shows Huber yeah. Davis pushing Coach K in a wheelchair and it says Coach uh, 401K. Wow, that's so... Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of good so, ones out so, there. Uh, it's cruel, but mostly funny. I would rather have a Tar Heels National Championship shirt, but I might have to pivot and get just a... UNC Burry. I would get the Coach Four Hundred One K one. That one's yeah. funny. There, there are a few good ones out there. Uh, but of course, look. As disappointed as I was with what happened Monday night, Sunday night was. It, it's tough to say just as good as Saturday night because I was just sitting at home watching it by myself versus like in a bar, just like with all like the emotion surrounding me, but. My actual school, the South Carolina Gamecocks, won a national championship and beating UConn of all teams. It, it was just just as sweet as North Carolina beating Duke uh, because UConn, I have hated that program for my whole life. And I get that it's somewhat of an irrational hatred. But growing up, I had this tendency to hate teams and individuals who are just dominant at their sports always seem to be winning i would always root for the field and uconn versus the field felt like more often than not uconn somehow managed to win like they go on 70 game win streaks you know undefeated every single year several years in a row and then they lose and then they go on an even greater win streak so I, yeah, I, I, just, I was never a fan of them yeah, by I, any I, means. I just hate Gino Ariama because he carries himself like he's John Wooden or Phil Jackson when yeah, all he's doing is he's, recru- he's recruiting all the best kids at recess to kick the crap out of the, all these other teams. And when the, mm-hmm. and w- w- not only were they winning, but they were beating like the next best team by like 30 in the championship. It, oh, I know. It wasn't close. It, it, if they won a game by single digits, that was considered like basically an upset. <laughs> they didn't cover the spread. I remember in, in 2010 against Stanford in the national championship, Stanford actually put up a really strong fight against them, and it, it still was like barely a close game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I always really disliked UConn, and I'm so glad that the Gamecocks won. Destiny Henderson, career-high 26 points. Aaliyah Boston, walking double-double just like Armando Baycott, National Player of the Year. She did everything. Like, I'm so happy for her to win a national championship a year after that uh, put-back attempt just barely missed against Stanford, just like all the emotion we saw from that. And then she's like crying tears of joy and like very much talking about, you know, that, that moment and how like difficult that was for her and like how, uh, it, how great it feels now to be a national champion. And then, of course, Don Staley, just incredible. Like <laughs> she's, she's definitely getting a statue in Columbia, but that doesn't feel like enough. Like she, what she did just uh, turning this program into a juggernaut it is. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. It's two national championships in five years. But it does kind of feel like a passing of the torch in a lot of ways. UConn hasn't won a title in five years. I think it's fair to say that this win for South Carolina over UConn was the end of UConn's dominance of women's basketball 
for the time being, at the very least. I don't know what's going to happen years and years from now, but right now, I think South Carolina has a chance to become that new UConn, that team that everybody hates because they're constantly winning, constantly getting the top recruits. And that that's kind of like the mindset I have right now because it, it's really strong recruiting classes every year at this point. And, you know, when is UConn going to win? They have Paige Beckers, like best player in the country last year. And they they still can't do it so is that is that a crazy crazy take to be making at this point that UConn is dead as a program maybe a little bit I don't know <laughs> I, I have no idea <laughs> yeah I know mean, I, I would love it if that's if that's the case now I, I I think that uh this just incredible incredible night Sunday you know for for both both reasons same thing as you know my favorite team beating my most hated team yeah, and it's good for it's no, it's awesome. good, no, it's good for you guys. It, I saw I saw Ben's tweet where he talked about how like of all of the you know teams he roots for, uh, as long as he's been a fan of, of sports or whatever, the the South Carolina wins basketball is the only team that he's root for that has won. And he's like, oh, that, you know what? That makes that's something to think about because for me, it's like okay, the teams that I root for. Well, okay, there's been what six Super Bowls, and then add I guess another one with Brady. <laughs> if you want to talk about like fandom for another player, and then Red Sox have won four, Celtics and Bruins have won one, and been to um, other finals. And it's like, wow, like I'm, I, I feel pretty fortunate that, uh, because uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. I've I've gotten to enjoy a lot of championships over the years, but. I mean, this is the one from my school, which is, it's crazy to think about. You know, I, I know that like South Carolina is a division one program, but Gamecocks did not have a strong history of, uh, you know, winning championships and having a lot of success. Like our football team kind of clings to three 11 win seasons a decade ago under Steve Spurrier and you know, the basketball team, the men's basketball team had that final four run, but that was like the first time making the sweet 16. There's not a strong history there. Now the, the women's basketball team, it's, it just everything Don Sealy has done in the last decade, and it's been incredible. And most of the time I was at school, at least those first three years, it was, okay, we're a really good team, but we're not UConn. We're a step below them, at least. You know, win the national championship in 2017, and now here we are five years later beating UConn in the title game, winning two championships. It's just, it's, it's incredible to think about, and it's awesome. I'm a huge fan of that women's basketball team at South Carolina, and I I hope to continue to have more Gamecocks national championships, and I think that you know Don Staley is a very good shot of uh, continuing this, you know, keeping it going. Though I did see some 76ers fans saying that the the Sixers should try to hire Don Staley, which would be terrible if if she not only leaves South Carolina but goes to the Sixers or goes to like the Lakers, and now all of a sudden she's like coaching like a team that I hate. Ah, that would be bad. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't see her leaving. I think she's going to be the the new Gino, just building a powerhouse in, in Columbia. All right. With that, let's look ahead to this weekend. And we have another big event, a huge one at that, and that is the Masters. Returning to Augusta National, the biggest event in the golf world. I know you're oh, a huge sure. fan yeah top five week of the year right yeah behind wild card weekend nfl draft day and (laughs) (laughs) Uh, start a free agency yeah otas (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll talk about the field this year. We'll talk about some of the bigger names, kind of give our thoughts on uh, what we expect from them. You know, names to watch for. Maybe throw out some. I don't know if you have fantasy betting picks you want to throw out with these, but. Uh, I think the biggest storyline heading into the Masters is the return of Tiger Woods. He has not played since the November 2020 edition of the Masters. Uh, He had the horrible leg injury, a lot of questions of whether or not he would play again. But here he is. He says he's going to give it a go. And I guess before we get too far into this, I want to say that I enjoy watching Tiger Woods play golf. I've always been a fan of him. He's fun. He adds entertainment to the sport. He makes it worth watching. Whether you love him or hate him, when he's doing well, when he's in contention, especially at a tournament like the Masters, he's going to get eyes on the TV. It's going to be an awesome environment. The fans are going to love it. And I really hope that he does well this weekend. That being said... Let's not pretend like him coming back is like Alex Smith coming back from his oh, like, yeah. injury or just <laughs> any normal like athlete who like tears their ACL or something. Alex like, Smith is playing football. <laughs> but not not even just like the golf aspect of it, like the fact that it was self-inflicted you know, too. It was it was self-inflicted. It was a single car crash. I don't want to get too far into this accuse him of certain things, but let's be honest, he has a history of you know, maybe reckless not stuff being, on the road or just reckless yeah, stuff. Maybe in general not being in the in great, greatest state when he's driving. So yes, it is not like some crazy injury like that. He suffered on the course or while training that he's coming back from. This is, he's lucky to be alive. He's lucky to have all four limbs. Apparently he almost lost his leg, but that's not the only thing you should be lucky about. You should be lucky that he's he's walking around right now, going to Augusta, you know, playing in the Masters, and didn't have uh, anything even worse happen to him, you know, beyond just his uh, his body. So yeah, I let's agree. Just get I, that I agree with everything way. that you just said there. <laughs> yeah, I like Tiger a way. lot too. He's awesome to watch. He certainly makes tournaments like this more enjoyable and fun to watch especially when he's in contention but i also agree with everything that you said about his his off the course persona leaves a lot to be desired sometimes let's just (laughs) leave it at that (laughs) it's a good way to put it yeah uh that being said though uh there's no shot that he actually like wins i don't know but i think he can make the cut just just based on his course knowledge and that he has more course knowledge than anyone on he's the, had a lot of success at augusta over the years yeah he has more course knowledge than anyone uh in the field that's what he has to his advantage and yeah if he's gonna win anywhere it would be here but i don't mm-hmm. think that's gonna happen but i think making the cut is definitely possible i i think that we can see him contend a lot of people say if he can walk 72 holes and he's going to do well that is, that's a big issue that is a thing <laughs> that is a big thing uh, to think about because apparently a lot of the golfers and i'll take the word for it that it's really hard to walk on the course and i know it's golf yeah, it's a very long course but it's four so. rounds of and, and 18 holes and lots of hills and so yeah I, i'll take mm-hmm. the word for it that it's i'm sure there's some fatigue there and i'd imagine for tiger it's even tougher at his age and condition yeah i mean when you <laughs> You know, you're not uh, walking on two great legs. And, uh, yeah, of course, being older as well, I think that plays a role. Uh, I mean, I, I do think we're going to see some success from him 
you know, presuming that he's actually good to go. Like he says he's good. You know, we had this whole game time decision reports on him. Uh, but I, I do think we're going to see him play good golf just based on videos I've seen, reports I've heard. But it's hard to have the expectations be more than him playing on Sunday. And, you know, like, oh, maybe he'll do really well. You know, maybe he'll he'll catch lightning in a bottle on the last day. But I uh, I think that the the 2019 Masters victory is that's that's going to be it for him, at least in terms of his success on this course and possibly his last major. And I, I think that was a great moment. <laughs> it won our uh, you know best sports moment of the 2010s bracket thing we did a few years ago. Yeah, but... it certainly could have gone to uh, the Cubs winning World Series. Yeah, but I thought it was a toss up between the two. So it was cool um, that it was that was the final matchup. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I probably some recency bias as well because it literally low. happened in oh, 2019. Oh, I know it happened like. Yeah, that year. So I, I think that also played a role for sure. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think it's exciting having him out there. He's going to make it a fun event. You know, it'd be really cool just to see Tiger wearing red on Sunday, regardless of where he is on the leaderboard. And Is that why we're both wearing red shocked. right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing I'm wearing game. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm just wearing light red. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's I'm wearing closer to what he would wear. Yeah, but, I know. Um, yeah, I know. It's... Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see him near the top of the leaderboard when it's all said and done, just because like we've talked about, he has a lot of success at the masters historically, but feels like him just playing and playing 72 holes is like a, a win in and of itself. So I would take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's not the only one who's dealing with some injury concerns heading into this tournament. The guy who won it last year, Hideki Matsuyama, has been struggling to stay healthy, stay on the course the past few tournaments. He had the pullout of the Valero Texas Open last week with a neck injury. Is he going to be good to play? I mean, so I think he will play, but do I think, do I expect him to contend though this year? I'm not confident. And a lot of it has to do with his injury because I think he fits the course really well. We saw that last year, him winning the Masters. But even before that, he's had plenty of top 10s, top 15s, top 20s. He's he's had a great course history here, so he fits the course really well. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely concerned with his injuries because he's played one competitive round in the past month plus because he had to withdraw from the players. And even though it's not a major, that's close that's a non-major that's close to a major as you can get. And he played one round at Valero and he had to withdraw. And another thing with, with, with Matsuyama is that he's not a guy that he's not like Jason day or Paul Casey, where if there's like a little tingling or, or stiffness in an injury, they're just going to immediately withdraw and wuss out. Uh, Matsuyama, mm. he's had, I, I remember when he, he withdrew from an event at, the waste management in Arizona one year, a few uh, years ago, and when he withdrew, it's a tough one to have to withdraw from. Yeah, that's a tough one for sure. And when he withdrew from that event, he missed uh, several weeks to over a month. And it's like Matsuyama is oh, a guy wow. that if if he withdraws, it's it's a real thing. And mm-hmm. and because of that, he's had to withdraw two two tournaments in a row now. Uh, I'm I'm not confident at all in him, and it's and it's all because of his the injury though so i guess whether or not he plays and plays well which 
I agree. It's going to be tough for him, uh, you know, just given the, the the lack of appearances recently with that injury. He's putting on a pretty good dinner tonight. Oh yeah, you see the menu for <laughs> sushi it? Sushi and the what was it? Strawberry? It was a strawberry. Yeah. So so the appetizer. It's I, I'm not a big sushi guy. Sushi, sashimi, nigiri. But he also has yakitori chicken skewers. I I wasn't sure what yakitori was, but I looked it up and it, that looks really good. He's doing a miso glazed black cod, which nice nice fish wait you don't know what yakitori is that's uh that was josh nichols's uh you're right (laughs) yeah uh, (laughs) name uh never even occurred to me that's what it was yeah (laughs) no but Um, and then that sounds he's also doing a a miyazaki wagyu which is like wagyu beef is like one of the most expensive steaks out there it's probably gonna be like 500 dollars plus steaks that everyone's getting at the dinner Uh, so that'll be incredible i've only heard great things and yeah japanese strawberry shortcake not really sure what the difference between Japanese strawberries, a mouse strawberries, and regular ones are. They look pretty similar, but I don't know about you. I'm a huge strawberry shortcake fan, so that sounds like a great dessert to me. I don't know if all of these foods I would like. It just sounds it sounds it sounds like a good time. I think you would. I th- no, yeah, I think no, there would be some that I would enjoy, and maybe some that I wouldn't. The sushi is the one thing. Yeah. I've never been a sushi guy. I I prefer my fish cooked. So I would prefer the black cod over the sushi. Uh, but I mean, the Wagyu beef, like I, I've I've always heard amazing things about it. So what's funny is that when Dustin Johnson in his interview, when he got asked about what do you think about Matsuyama's dinner choices, you could see in the beginning of the question, he had a happy face on. But as the lady was reading more and more of the items on the list, it, that, that the smile uh, disappeared more and more as, as she was reading oh, yeah. the, the food items like DJ just wants sandwiches. That's, that's yeah. all he wants. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy because I've seen a lot of people saying like this is like the best. No, a lot of people. Ever. A lot of people, like you said, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think I think he was uh, the one that was like, no, nah, yeah, I just, want... just... <laughs> <laughs> that he wasn't. Yeah, I don't even remember what his was last. Year, I don't remember that either. Sense. Probably yeah. sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So I guess let's talk about some others. So John Rom and Justin Thomas. Everywhere I've seen, those are the one and two favorites. Some places are even tied. Do you agree with them being at the top of the uh, the betting odds list? Yeah, I, I actually do agree with that. I I definitely love Rom coming into this tournament. He's if you look at his course history, it's as good as anybody's. Uh, he was my pick to win it last year. Yeah, and, uh, and he, 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 he did was not he even play even, well, even. but no, for the he first shot three rounds. But then Sunday. what what benefited him in the last round was that. He was 11 shots off the lead, and there's when when you're that far off the lead in the Sunday, there's not a lot of pressure there's or no not, pressure, yeah. And and then he finally, yeah, he finally found the form and and creeped his way into a top five. And but yeah, Rom, he's had four top tens in his last four events, and so he's as as good of a bet to contend and possibly put on a green jacket. And that'd be a giant green jacket <laughs> at his size. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, he's first in. So there's a stat called ball striking where it's a combination of total driving and greens and regulation. He's first in total driving and first in green regulation this year. So he's first. All in, right. Yeah. I mean, those are he's, two really important. Yeah, stats, one of the so. best ball strikers on tour and playing distance. And, and then greens and regulation means you hit the green with, with is it two strokes? So to- it's. It's when you hit the green and you have a chance at birdie on the green. At birdie. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Birdie or better, if if you get on the green uh-huh. e- with an eagle chance uh, on those par fives. But yeah, the the that only thing sense. the only thing that's holding back Rom right now is 
is his putter. He at some point, so he hasn't putted well whatsoever lately. But he's not a bad putter. He's not, he's not he's not like speed at at putting or anyone like that. But he's he's a better putter than he's been recently. And at some point, I think that turns around. And I, I'd imagine I I'd like to think it would turn around this week, just given how well he's performed here. So yeah, I would agree with. Uh, a lot of people, even though that kind of scares me that every, if everyone is agreeing, then it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you uh-huh. think it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Iowa in the, in the tournament. Oh yeah. It's like, Oh, uh-huh. this guy likes Iowa. This guy likes Iowa. Oh, great. They're, they're going to lose immediately. Lose and that's exactly round. what happened. Yeah. So I guess yeah. that's the one thing that scares me with Rom is one, the, he hasn't putted well, but two, everyone else loves him. So who knows? We'll see. I think. What about I, Justin Thomas? It's kind of the same thing with Justin Thomas, where he's he's hitting the ball well, and last year his putter was awful, and that's why he did not perform as well in many of the big tournaments last year. He did win the Players Championship last year, but and outside of that, he didn't really do that great in the majors. He finished. He was in contention last in last year's Masters at one point, but then all of a sudden the rain delay happened, and then he had a bad triple bogey on I think it was thirteen. And then at that, after that, he kind of shot himself out of the tournament. And then, and he missed the cut at the PGA Championship last year. And yeah, so he he didn't really do that great in the majors last year. And he he was someone that was hitting the ball well, but uh, kind of like Rom right now, where he didn't putt well at all last year. But this year, he's his form is great. Where he's I, I, looking back at. From since October, he's finished 18th, third, fifth, twentieth, eighth, sixth, thirty-third, third. Like those, pretty much all those are great results, and he's all facets of his game are great. I guess the one thing that concerns me though is who he's paired with. He's paired with Tiger. Anyone that's paired with Tiger, oh really? It's him. JT and Rory have talked about this. Where anyone that's paired with Tiger, it's not really fun for the other opponents because it's basically a circus anytime. Yeah. You're playing with Tiger because everyone is watching him. And so that's that's one concern that I have with JT is that he's paired with Tiger. Now, they're best buds. or He definitely looks up to him a lot, and Tiger's given him a lot of great advice over the years. But I guess that would be one of the concerns I have with JT is that he's playing with Tiger, and that can't be fun. It can yeah, be, no, but, I... but some people thrive in it, but some people find it stressful. Which I can I can totally see. Yeah, that I would. I everyone's would, gonna be navigating, gravitating toward Tiger, and you know, and everyone's watching you and not else. really rooting for you. They're just rooting for the other guy. Yeah, yeah. right. Yep. So, um, I mean, it makes sense to me that those two guys would be up there. Um, a handful of names here do come as a little bit of a surprise to me, and that's just like. I had never heard of Scotty Scheffler, and he's the world number one. So I'm like, where? What happened? Like, where did that come from? Yeah, I I gotta tell you, if, a couple months ago, I was wondering if. So I've always I thought he's a good player, but I thought he was in the tier below guys like Colin Morikawa, who's won two majors, and I would even take Victor Hovland over Scheffler at that point <laughs> uh, in their careers, but. These past couple of months, Sky Scheffler winning three of the last five events is pretty absurd. He he won the Waste yeah. Management, which is obviously a great tournament, of course, in Arizona. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he he won the Arnold Palmer. He won the Arnold Palmer Invitational, right? Which is yeah. 
is not a major again not a major but that's that's a tough course he, it's a he, big event yeah, yeah and he won with a score of five under par which shows you how tough of a course it is and then he won the wgc match play which is again not like a huge event but it's bracket style and you're playing fun you're playing more than four days you're playing five days and you're playing a lot a lot of a lot of golf and he won that event so i i can't just overlook scheffler just given how much success he's had uh, of these past couple of months but yeah i'll admit i do i would like rom and jt more just based on way more experience and and especially at augusta now scheffler he he does have two top 20s in his first two tries which is pretty impressive i thought he had some good success yeah he finished 19th in his first try in in the covid year and then 18th last year and so and 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 that's and that those were years where he was a good golfer not the number one golfer in the the world yeah uh yeah i i wouldn't be surprised if he contends and finishes in the top 10 and improves on his first two appearances given how he's playing right now so dustin johnson won it in 2020 set a course record shot 20 under and then 2021 he missed a cut are you thinking uh more likely to have a repeat of 2020 where he kills it has a lot of success we see him at the top of the leaderboard or are we thinking that maybe it's going to be another rough showing for him i don't think it'll be either i don't think he'll win or miss the cut, but if you're asking me to pick between the two, which which one do I lean more? I would say he's more live to win because I I think DJ earlier in the year he missed the cut at the Genesis, which is a event that he is contending every single year, so that caught me by surprise. But then at the Players Championship, he shot a 63 in the final round. He was one of the only stud players to even contend because every basically every stud player outside of him and Cameron Smith were missing the cut or barely making the cut given how poor the weather was and so I think DJ it's kind of like Brooks where he doesn't care at times and he's just waiting to peak at the right time and we saw that the players and and then in the WGC match play he didn't win but he finished fourth he made it to the final four and once he realized he wasn't gonna make the final he just mailed it in and didn't care after that but i think i think as dj as long as dj has the motivation i think i think he's good i think he's fine yeah he's he's tough to pick against you know just given all the success he's had over the years um, yeah especially I wouldn't, just knowing him. he's not that far i don't think he's gonna win because his his form coming into the 2020 masters during the covid year his form was ridiculous and he won the tour championship and or, or fedex cup and his form was um, ridiculous that year and then now it's just decent where he's had some bad events but he's peaking right now so you mentioned cameron smith um when talking about Dustin Johnson, I I've been told that I kind of look like him. He kind of <laughs> looks like me, but like with long hair. Yeah, if you if you grew like a mullet and maybe got some facial hair. Yeah, a little more facial hair. Yeah, yeah. there have to be there had to be some work done, but yeah, uh, I can see it a little bit. Yeah, he's considered one of the favorites. Um, he's he's had success uh, at the Masters before. He won the Players Championship last month. Do you like his chances of uh, succeeding again this weekend? I mean, I I like it, but 
when it comes to the top twenty guys, all these guys have a chance, but there are guys that I favor more than others. And yeah, I'll admit, Cam Smith. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's definitely a, a great player, and he's had he has a couple wins this year. But I'll admit, I just there are other guys that I like more than Cam Smith, and he's been ridiculous with his short game. And he has he has great course history here, like a lot of others. But yeah, I'll admit, a couple of years ago he was just a decent player now all of a sudden he's all of a sudden like a kind of like Scheffler where it kind of comes out of nowhere and now all of a sudden he's one of the best players in the world I'll admit it's just the preference I I, I like him yeah sure but I think there are other guys that I just like more like what we talked about with JT and, and Rom mm-hmm. and others yeah, and that makes sense um I, I know can't give the same your... I can't give the same thing for every single person like oh yeah that guy's great that guy's great it's just... yeah like you love all of them I know you have to you have to pick and choose some um so uh your guy Bryson DeChambeau Mr. Par 67 <laughs> yeah. has he's struggled the last two Masters tournaments uh any chance third time's the charm when it comes to him? At least, if, you know, going back to those comments. If I told you that I liked him this week, I would sound like a complete donkey. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm this for this week. I'm not uh, confident in Bryson whatsoever. But the the biggest reason why is because of his health. So he missed a couple months of the season. If you didn't know that, he he missed a, a lot of time this year. He's had to withdraw from event big events for him where he had to withdraw from the Arnold Palmer uh, invitational an event he won last year and then he also had to withdraw from the players championship an event he almost won last year and again those are big events and then he came back for the match play but uh it, he didn't even get out of his group stage which which is not great and and then at Valero last week, he missed the cut. And I don't really care if guys miss the cut bef- the week before a major. I actually prefer if guys do that so they can have yeah, more, gives them more. Gives them more time more to practice time to for the real event. So I don't really care about that. But what is concerning, though, is that at Valero, he was not using his driver whatsoever. Even on par fives, he was hitting three wood. And that's concerning because his best weapon yeah. is obviously is his driver. Is his driver. Mean, that's, <laughs> that's the idea that's, that's is a, that he can hit the ball really far and... and put himself in good position exactly. to get birdies. Exactly. And that tells me that he's still, even though he's healthy enough to hit the ball and play play a tournament, it tells me he's not healthy enough to be effective <laughs> and, and contend. And, yeah, so that's a huge reason why I'm not high on Bryson because his health uh, with his hand and his hip injuries is definitely hurting his game. But another reason why is because I'll admit I I think I I was wrong on his course fit. I thought he'd be great for this course, just given his length and how there's a lot of strategy involved at the Masters. But I think one thing I've overlooked is you can't have the green green books or like you can't have the you know the green reading books where you're reading like all the surfaces on the playing surfaces on each hole and. I think that hurts Bryson more than anybody because he's so technical and and relies on that stuff to to make putts and and that even though his driver is his best weapon, people don't realize that his putter is actually his second best. He's actually a great putter, and I think it that hurts him at this course not having not being able to have those books. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely way more concerned about the health though because he hasn't shown whatsoever that. He's 100% healthy. 
No, and that that makes sense. Uh, I I definitely don't expect him to to if, perform well just based on recent history. If you ask me, is he more? So you you asked me this about DJ. Do you yeah. think he's more, more likely to win or make the cut? Yeah, the I think cut. he's way more live to miss the cut than to win this year. Yeah, and he's he's made the cut the past few times. Yeah, he's made barely. he's made the cut all these times. It's just that his finishes are all twentieth, thirtieth, fortieth, and it's just like yeah, they're just fine. They're not great, and that's that's him at his peak. That's him at his at his <laughs> uh top top of his game uh and hundred percent healthy. Now he's coming in at not a hundred percent, and he still hasn't figure it out how to you know shoot par 67 all four rounds <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm i'm not uh i'm not confident in bryson at all would you think about his um dude perfect i knew you're gonna ask me about this I, I the, the second <laughs> i saw that i knew you're gonna bring this up so let me just say i don't i don't care if it's bryson spieth brooks i don't i don't care what golfer it was that did that like it's whatever like he he talked about it in his interview recently and about the dude perfect thing and you're just like yeah they messaged me on instagram or whatever and like hey do you want to do this uh thing it's like yeah sure and it's like oh and we're gonna do it at augusta because they found out he was at he was actually at augusta at the time it's like okay uh so that caught me off guard that they knew that he was there uh yeah so when it comes to that like i don't care i'm not gonna crap on the the golfer whoever it was and just happened to be bryson of all people that did it and like yeah, it doesn't look. It's it's not a great on look on dude perfect uh, for doing yeah. for doing you know uh, the game that they do with uh, Bobby Jones is rolling over in his grave. Yeah, I I saw a dude. I some guy at Barstool. He literally said that my I saw my mom and dad. Yeah, it was Kirk Minahan. Yeah, Kirk Minahan. He said he, his mom and dad passed away. Like I saw that. And, he and, saw them and die. He, he saw them die. And he says this is where it's like all right, come on, relax. <laughs> like, that's 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 taking it. That takes it too far. No, I know a lot of people are pissed just given like, you know, how much respect and aura there is, you know, around Augusta National and the Masters. I don't think no matter who the golfer was, even if it was someone I hated, like I'm not gonna crap on the golfer that for doing it. Like just having a fun time. Like he's probably boys with them, whatever. But yeah, like it's not a great look on (laughs) probably not a great look on dude perfects uh for for doing that game uh, on Augusta, Augusta National. Yeah, of all well, places. Of all places. Like, yeah, it's probably yep. not the greatest look. But at the same time, it's like people need to relax. We're in the year 2022, and we're canceling YouTube channels over playing games at a at a golf course. I don't know. It's just... Yeah. Uh, we live in... No, I mean... It, we live in a crazy time. It, we, we, live, uh, we live in the dumbest time to be alive. <laughs> no. The, <laughs> well, last year we uh, talked about how... I remember... Like about a year ago, we had Kenny on. We were talking about Dr. Seuss getting canceled over some books. Yeah, like we had that last year, and then we had freaking Aunt Jemima uh, pancakes. You know, you know the pancake mix, Aunt Jemima. Yeah, yeah like the, even yeah, that, I even mean, she that... got canceled, and they renamed the brand of a different pancakes. Yeah, I mean that that was that's fairly problematic. With... <laughs> Mantra I'm sorry, but... I'm taking a weird turn with like, oh, what do you think about Bryson? Like, I, <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm talking about. No, I know, no, I. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, I I get people being very. I get people upset about that. Yes, I agree. Of, I agree because that because it's a mass. It's not a great. You don't want to see people playing games yeah. like that on the. So course. I I agree. I agree with people to an extent, but when you see the tweet that Kirk Manning puts out, and like another, there are other. Yeah, that fell over the top. Saying like, that you know, some people just need to relax. <laughs> yeah. 
so the those are all the golfers that I I had to specifically bring up. Any others you want to talk about? You know, any sleepers? You're not going to talk about Brooks. <laughs> Brooks is you know he didn't make the cut last year. Like yeah, I, but I he, hope he does well in this I, one. I, but. No, I I like Brooks this year. I think last year he was he was injured last, last year. He, year which he I had think was a big he thing. had knee surgery a few weeks before. Uh, yeah, before so playing it was, and and it was remarkable him playing. Factoring in the injury and the hills at at the course <laughs> i can understand why he missed the cut he's if there's anyone i trust more in majors uh it, it's Br- brooks, brooks. yeah like is, he only tries in majors. he's got 12 you. <laughs> yeah he only tr- he doesn't he doesn't care about the other events that's one thing i like about uh-huh. brooks that he doesn't care about the other stuff and he only cares when in the biggest events he has 12 top yeah, fives in his watching. last 20 majors that's ridiculous yeah ha- yeah no he definitely has a really good chance yeah and i um him and Xander Shoffley, they're the only two guys on tour where they have like a fifty percent top ten rate at majors. And, Xander and to- still hasn't won a major. Yeah, and that that right? no, he has he hasn't won a major. I can see him contending as well. He has he finished third last year, and then he finished second in the year Tiger won. And so I I can totally see him yeah. in the mix as well. Okay. So I guess with that, who's your pick to win? Uh, with with the reasons I just said, I'm actually gonna pick. I'm gonna take Brooks. Yeah, I, I do like really? I do like Brooks this week. Yeah, and All right. I just and you want another thing to mention. This past week has gone so well for you. Like, what could be the cherry yeah. on top? <laughs> Would be well. You know what? That was actually something I was thinking. If North Carolina had won, like, yeah, Brooks is gonna win just because <laughs> everything keeps coming up me. But I, I've I've taken some losses the past few days. Like, the, it hasn't been totally perfect. Um, that being said, I'm going to predict a win for someone who looks like me and go with Cameron, Cameron Smith, Smith yeah. instead. Yeah. No, he's he's it, definitely it, uh, a favorite. Or he's definitely one of the most. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's number three on this site that I'm looking at. So yeah, and I'd imagine Ram and JT are the other two guys. Yeah, Ram and Thomas are yeah. above him. Yep, yep. All right, so that'll do it for our Masters, uh, you know, preview. Definitely looking forward to watching. Have not watched a ton of golf <laughs> this year, so it'll be uh, it'll be good for me to get back into it. Uh, with that, let's talk about MLB 2022 season underway. And, you know, we, I think that both of us are kind of on the same page that we don't feel like we can give a ton of in-depth analysis like we do. I'm, with I'm glad sports. you brought this up because I was going to bring it up if you didn't, where I yeah. feel as outside the Red Sox. So the Red Sox, I still, even the Red Sox, I'm I, like, I feel like I, my analysis is they have a really good lineup. They have terrible pitching, but they went to the ALCS last year somehow. So I guess they're going to be good again. Wow. Like, that, that. <laughs> Wow, I was basically going to say this basically exact same thing as what you just said. So, you wanted to yeah. have an entire segment dedicated to just that. <laughs> like, well, it's our, more te- in it's our team. It's our team. I know, I, but no, I, you kind of yeah. you kind of just prove your. My thought was like I I don't know that they're like that much more special, and even like the Pirates. Like, what am I supposed to say about them? That's any good. <laughs> like so. I said last time, it's like you know every time you talk about the Pirates, it just sounds more and more depressing. That was <laughs> and that was before they uh, optioned O'Neill Cruz to AAA to start the year, when every other team is having their top prospect make the opening day roster. Just ridiculous. But anyway, let's just go through and give our playoff team predictions who we think is going to get in 12 teams make it this year an extra one in both leagues and 
Uh, of course, we can kind of provide reasoning as to why we think certain teams are going to win. I'm sure that I'm going to end up providing more analysis than I, I think. But uh, do you want to get started with the American League? Yeah, sure. Just um, go through your six teams there. Okay, so like division winners and then wild card winners? Yeah, however you want to do okay, it. Okay, so division, I'll take the Blue Jays in the East, and then the Central, the White Sox, and then the West, the Astros. And then the wild. Right, I'm just gonna jump in and say those are my three oh. division winner picks as well. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I mean in terms of the Blue Jays, that's the one where I'm like, ah, like it, it, they, they're a team that I feel like they they always choke when everyone loves them, and oh, then they like point. fly under the radar, and that's when they're good. So I'm a little hesitant about them, but and I I don't love them trading AL Cy Young winner Robbie Ray for Kevin Gosman essentially in free agency. Uh, but I, I do think that the Matt Chapman actual trade with the A's is is a good move on their part. And I, I think Toronto, after especially especially since they the don't have uh, Simeon anymore because he's now in yep. Texas. Yep. And, and I know they play different positions um, where Simeon's the second baseman, Chapman's the third, but got to f- find a No, re- I mean, they, they need sort someone of in the infield. Bobachet's still great. Yeah, they have a really, really solid rotation. Jose Barrios, I thought, was a really good acquisition at last year's deadline. Alec Manoa gets rave reviews as a young prospect. So, yes, I agree with you. I was a little surprised when you said that you were picking Toronto in the AL East. And then, so for wild cards, I have the Yankees. So, can, can two teams, multiple teams from the same uh, division, yeah, they can make the wild card. Uh, so yeah, y- four Yankees, teams could make it from the same division. That's wild. Yeah. So, I have uh-huh. the Yankees, Red Sox, and you're going to you're gonna laugh at me because for this last one because last year I picked them and it was not good, but I'm going to pick the Angels again <laughs> just right. because of, uh, yeah. It, having Otani and Trout, two of the biggest stars in the league, how do you not, even... I, even if the rest of the team is not great, how do you not be at least a playoff team? Mike Trout missed most of last season, which I think is like part of the issue that they just only had Otani last year and like a handful of guys. Um, I guess I, I don't know. It just feels like every year there's reason to be like, well, the Angels they have Mike if, Trout or you know whatever, but they. If the playoff format was still the same, I would I wouldn't pick him, and I would pick another Yankees Red Sox wild card game. <laughs> just, but the Angels look, get in as a sixteen for you. Yeah, they're the sixth team. I, I I'm looking at the rest of the American League. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna pick them as the the sixth team. So when I look at the ALS, I think the Astros are gonna win again. I mean, I know they lost Carlos. Correa. Yeah, even though even without Correa, I still think the Astros are still the best team in the division and even though the competition is getting a little bit better with the rangers with having seager and simeon and the angels yeah, 500 billion dollar infield yeah, middle infield, yeah. <laughs> and then and the angels having otani and trout i still the think mariners the were really are... good last year they won 90 games like they were very much a contender but yes i agree i think the astros are still the best team and i just i trust them the most like the angels i don't know is noah Syndergaard is he the pitcher that they've finally been looking for after all these years when he's pitched two innings the last two years uh, seattle's just a team where i'm like every year it feels like not every year, but every time like people are like, Oh, they're really good. Like they're going to be the team. They just, they fall flat. Like they're four teams make the playoffs. They're the sixth best. They're like last year, they were the seventh best team and only five got in. And it just, yeah, I, I remember I the know. years with Cano and 
prime Felix, I was like, wow, this team's going to be great. Yeah, and they're they're, they're, they're a legit happened. playoff contender, but then they don't even finish anywhere near the top of the. <laughs> and, and I know they haven't made the playoffs in 21 years in a row, and I I just I don't know I just don't think it's going to happen this year. A lot of people are really high on them, and I just I I can't can't believe. Uh, and then Texas, I just think they're like a year or two away still. I know they they spent a lot of money to bring in. Um, Simeon and Seeger and then John Gray as a starting pitcher, but they've been terrible the past few years. I think it's going to take a little longer for them to get to, you know, where they need to be. Yeah, they're so. they're several several years uh, away from the the years of Josh Hamilton, Ian Kinsler. Yeah, back to back World Series. Yeah, and and back to back losses in the World Series, yeah. which is which uh, is which is very tough difficult. for them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so the Astros is the only team I have making it from the AL West. Uh, the AL Central, White Sox won it by 13 games last year. Even with all their injuries, I think that they're going to win the division again. But I do think the AL Central is going to be a lot better this year. Um, really tempted to pick the Tigers to make the playoffs, but I think like the Rangers, they're still a year or two away. Um, I they just traded for Austin Meadows. Like they're they're very serious. They signed they have Eduardo Rodriguez Baez now. And they signed Javier Baez. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the Tigers are going to be very good this year, but I think that they're not quite there. A um, lot of young talent. They're going to be really good. Only a matter of time. I'm going to pick the Twins to make the playoffs. The Carlos Correa signing, I think, this is what puts it over the top for me. I know they sucked last year when I picked them to win the World Series, but they've made the playoffs three out of four years before that. So, I do think they'll get back in. And then the AL East, I know you left out the Rays. I thought the Rays would take a step back last year, and they won a hundred games. So I think they're going to make. It's the like you with again. the Miami Heat. I'll never take them seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if they'll necessarily win when they get to the playoffs, but I think they'll find a way to be one of the six teams in. And I'm also taking the Red Sox to get in. I don't trust the pitching, but I didn't last year, and I think that the lineup is awesome, especially adding Trevor Story. And, of course, that means I have the Yankees missing the playoffs. I think they had a terrible offseason. They should have missed the playoffs last year. I don't know what happened after the 4th of July. Jeff Passan told me they'd be sellers at the deadline. Then they went out and traded for Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo Rizzo. and made the playoffs. But um, I'm out on the Yankees this year. That's my bold thing. And that's also maybe the riding high from some of the the college basketball successes picking against <laughs> the Yankees, but I'm I'm gonna go for it. That's gonna be my bold prediction. Cool. So I don't I don't think any of my picks are bold. <laughs> Maybe the Angels yeah. making it. I mean, yeah, I know it I shouldn't know be that. bold. I know. But... Like I'm none of my picks were bold. Like yours was a little <laughs> bit. I guess a little bit bolder than mine, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Tigers have been really bold, but yeah, we'll go with. The oh Twins. yeah, especially since they've lost like 100 games for several. Yeah, seasons. I know. Well, straight seasons. How about the National League? Okay, so National League division winners. So NL East, I would I'm taking the Phillies. Really? I, yeah. So obviously I, I, I think adding Kyle Schwarber, but also Castellanos is really gonna help them, especially with having Bryce Harper MVP uh winner last year is gonna help a lot and they have a solid rotation. I guess another reason why is because looking at the rest of the division Okay, the Marlins obviously suck. I couldn't even name a single player on their team, honestly. They no, they they made some moves this offseason, but yeah, I I get it. And then the Nationals, yeah, I I think at some point the Nationals are gonna decline and, and maybe more. Be they already more, did last year. Yeah, and I think it's gonna continue. Where I think at some point they're gonna be more of sellers than 
than Byers at the deadline. And you traded and Max Scherzer at the deadline and Trey Turner, so I think yeah, they're but, sellers. Last yeah, it's true. Yeah, so they're kind of you're already saying sellers. they're going to be the same as last year. Yeah, th- so they're kind of already say. sellers, and yeah, they're just not going to get better. So I think those two will be fourth and fifth, mm-hmm. and then the Braves. I th- I think there'll be a World Series hangover, and then not having Freeman, of course, is going to hurt a little. And then Ronald Acuna, he's still on the DL, and then IL. Sorry, IL. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, injured list, not disabled list. Uh, yeah. And then when it comes to the Mets, I I, I can't trust the you Mets. picked them to make the World Series last. <laughs> yeah, year, and it's just like yeah, out. and they, they didn't even come close. So yeah, I I, uh, I think they'll be a playoff team though. Uh, I think I think it's a good division. Besides those other two teams, the Nationals and Marlins are not going to be good. But I yeah. think the other, I think those three though, Phillies, Mets, and Braves. I think all of them are playoff teams actually. Gotcha. But okay, just like the, the AL East, three playoff teams. Yeah, but I have the Phillies winning the division, and then the Mets. Yeah, I, I they should be good, but they've Max already, Scherzer, they already. I know. Got Max Jacob Scherzer, and then Degrom's already on the IL, right? Yeah. And so. It's already not up to a good start, and the season hasn't even started yet. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's why I have Philly, the the Phillies winning division because of the pickups they made, but also just because the Mets and Braves, there are some negative flaws that are going to hurt a little. And then for the Central, um, hmm, who should I go in the Central? Probably the Cardinals. And then, no, no, you know what? No, I take it back. I like the Brewers. I take it okay. back. Brewers. Uh with Christian Yelich, and I think I think having a player like really him good rotation and a really good rotation, I think they're good enough to be a playoff team and win the division. It's not the greatest division now because the Cubs yeah. aren't the the Cubs aren't the best. They like traded they were away all the guys. They traded all their great players, team. and I think the Cardinals will be second division. But I like the Brewers, and then the NL West, obviously the Dodgers. Yeah, they're def- they deserve to be the favorites. They got. Guys like Bellinger and Betts, Trey Turner. They got Brady Manick's dad, Justin Turner. Yeah. <laughs> and then they got great rotation, of course, with Kershaw. Now they don't have Scherzer anymore, but it's still a really good rotation. They're still loaded. Yeah. And then Walker they have Bueller. Will Smith behind the plate. And I'm not sure if you heard, but last week he got one little fight and <laughs> mom got scared. And so he had to move it with his auntie and uncle in Bel Air. And, you know, Bel Air is an hour away drive from LA which is gonna be a tough commute for him but you know getting that discipline from Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil I think I think Will Smith is in for a good year <laughs> nice. yeah. that's my expert analysis but yeah and then the Padres I think it was a little disappointing that they didn't make the playoffs last year they didn't they make the playoffs right? sucked in the second half no yeah. they didn't even finish 500 they and they were apart. they were a team after LA that was being talked of like oh they they're were, gonna yeah be. oh it was gonna be this amazing rivalry they're both gonna win 100 games instead the Giants did said the Giants actually won all those games so I think uh-huh. I think the Padres can bounce back and be a wild card team gotcha yeah I mean we have similar picks um, I am taking the Braves to win the NL East but that is the toughest division for me I mean you you pick the Phillies and it's like. They're gonna have to win every game ten to nine. They are gonna have like the worst defense in baseball history. They have well, five. It's gonna be like DHs the Reds. It's gonna be like the Red Sox <laughs> with not having pitching. I know, but like the the Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper. Only one of them can play DH, and then they got to make uh, Reese Hoskins and Alec Bohm play the corner infield spots. Like the, those all guys are gonna have negative WAR defensively, and yeah, offensively they're gonna be a really good team, but. 
the Phillies, it feels like they're kind of like the Angels, and um, you know, at least in recent years, where it's like, oh, they should be really good. Like they have this huge payroll. Like we've seen them have a lot of success in the past, and last year was their first time finishing above five hundred in a decade, and they went eighty-two and eighty. So. I'm not buying into them. Um, the Acuna injury does scare me, but my rebuttal to Freddie Freeman is a raise of Matt Olson, who I think is, um, you know, not a significant drop off. I, I think the Braves will find a way like they did last year, but I do have the Mets making it as a wild card just because I think they added so much talent this offseason that it has to happen for them. Like they have to make the playoffs this year. Um, I'm also picking the Brewers to win the NL Central with the Cardinals as a wild card, and my leg up to Milwaukee is they signed Andrew McCutcheon, so they're going to be the, the team that <laughs> I ride in that division. Yeah, they'll be the team I hate the least, I guess. Um, and then I also like the Dodgers to win the NL West and the Padres to get in as a wild card ahead of the Giants. I think the Giants are going to come back down to earth a little this year. And when it comes to the Padres, I think there's a lot of reasons to be nervous about uh, Fernando Tatis. You know, a motorcycle injury is going to keep him out to the first uh, couple months of the season. But when it comes down to it, I think the hiring of Bob Melvin as manager was one of the best moves of the offseason. I think he's going to whip that team into shape. And, I mean, he had a ton of success in Oakland. So Padres have a way bigger payroll than he ever had with the Athletics. So I, I think that this is a year where they make the playoffs. Um, so World Series prediction. I remember last year I picked Yankees Mets, and I kind of did like a, a a rematch of the Subway Series back in the, I think it was two thousand or, or, yeah, or 2000. early yeah. I'm gonna go with a another rematch of a, okay. of a past World Series with the Blue Jays and Phillies. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Remember the '93 World Series? '93. Yeah. Yeah. Joe with Carter. Joe Carter. Yeah. I'll say I'll say Blue Jays Phillies and yeah I'll take the Blue Jays. Nice. I uh, yeah I mean I, I think that's the Blue Jays. That, that's a tough one. Um, I I've definitely I will been say very I'm high I, on them. I, in the past I will say yeah it, it could be it could easily be a situation where everyone likes them and then all of a sudden they suck. Yeah. But. Um, so a lot last of young year, talent on that team, though, with Guerrero. Yeah, last year I did not shit. pick the Dodgers, and it worked out. But I, I think this year, I think the Dodgers are going to get there. I think um, they're they're the best team in the National League, and you know, it, I think let, that it's me, uh, it's their time to get back to the World Series. Let me just say that I'm pick. I know picking the Phillies is probably dumb, but I I don't. It's like last year where it's like I don't want to just pick the Dodgers just to. No, I get them. it. I don't want to pick them every single pick, year. But I want to pick uh, some sort of. Out of the box pick. That's it's all it is. No, and I, I know I, the, yeah. the Dodgers are easily the best team. I just I don't trust a lot of teams in the National League, so I just like the Dodgers feel like a safe pick. But I'm going to pick them to lose in the World Series like they normally do, and I'm having them lose to the Chicago White Sox, who I think are going to stay healthy. I think they're going to be a really good team this year, and um, a little nervous because that's also Jeff Passan's pick. But you know, I I think he's is he a, a bad luck smart guy. I don't know. I just feel like whenever I see experts like make World Series predictions, it's a little uh it's a little tough to want to ride with them. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, we'll see. We we're both we're both in on them. So, yeah, White Sox over the Dodgers. All right, and you want to go through some awards? Um how about your MVPs? 
So this might be a big sleeper pick, but I'm going to go with Shohei Otani. You might have heard of him. <laughs> yeah, that's a real sleeper pick. I think he actually legitimately might be the favorite. <laughs> so He is yeah. a favorite, yes. It's him one, and Mike Trout. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Otani as a repeat winner. And one thing that I love, one thing I like about Otani repeating again is, of course, the fact that he's a pitcher and a hitter. But there's a rule this year where you can, so he can pitch and you can choose him to be your DH this year. Mm-hmm. And yep. then if he gets taken out as a pitcher, he can still stay in the game as a hitter. And I think that's yeah, only going to help. Otani rule. I think that's only going to help his case to be MVP again. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair. Um, to, to think he's going to win it again. I guess who's your National League MVP? So have, has there ever been a repeat AL and NL MVP? Uh, Maybe. I, I don't know. Off the well, if it, if it hasn't happened, then well, it's, I, it's I think it happen can happen with, with Harper winning. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense if you have the Phillies being really successful that you have uh, Bryce Harper winning MVP. So yep. I, um, I'm going to go not Otani just to mix it up a little um I actually was I came up with a player and I was like is this like actually real and then I I saw on a site he was actually the third favorite so I'm like if the Blue Jays are gonna be good why not Vladimir Guerrero Jr. having just a phenomenal year taking home MVP and then on the National League side even though I don't think the Nationals are gonna be good I do think Juan Soto is gonna win MVP Last year proved you don't have to be a good team. You don't have to make the playoffs to win MVP. So oh, that's a good point. Yeah, same thing with Soto because <laughs> the Phillies weren't really that really weren't that good. And that yeah. Bryce Harper still won MVP. Yeah. Yeah. What about Cy Young? Uh, let's see. I'll probably go with Garrett Cole. Yeah, even though last yeah. year was it was kind of a mixed bag does. where he had the spider tag situation, but. I I unlike you I I still think the Yankees are good and will still make the playoffs. No, I do think the yeah, Yankees think are good. I just I'm picking them to barely miss the playoffs, but mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I mean that that's a well, that's I still a think reasonable they will pick. make the playoffs. Uh-huh. I still think they will make the playoffs and I still think and I think he'll be a huge reason why carrying gotcha. the rotation. What about in the National League? In the National League, who did I have? I wrote it down somewhere. Hold on. One moment. <laughs> You know what? Screw it. I'll go with Max Scherzer. <laughs> He's won go. it several times, and uh-huh. the Mets don't have Degrom for portions. And so, if I think the Mets are going to make the playoffs like the Yankees, uh, I think Scherzer would have to carry the rotation. So I'm going to go yeah. with Scherzer. No, I think those are. Totally I think fair. those are legitimately the two favorites. <laughs> I think I picked. They the might favorite. be. Yeah. <laughs> I think I picked the favorite for literally every award uh-huh. so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. I um I was actually considering Max Scherzer, but I'm gonna go with Cor- Corbin Burns and the Milwaukee Brewers. I think he's gonna have an awesome year this year. Um, big part of the reason why the Brewers win the division, and big part of the reason why the White Sox win the division. Lucas Giolito. I'm gonna give him AL Cy Young. I actually don't know where those two rank on the odds list. I'm just like these are both All Star pitchers on teams that I have making the playoffs, so I'm gonna go with them. Do you and have then, rookie of the year picks? So for the American League, I'll go with uh, Julio Rodriguez. Did there you, you see go, the video Seattle of Mariners. him? Did you see the video of him getting called up? No, I haven't. Yeah, there was a there's like a nice video of him getting called yeah. up, and or like he's gonna be 
Yeah, like he's gonna be on the. Yeah, he's gonna. Roster. He made the Mariners' opening roster. Exactly, yeah. and so one of several like top top prospects. Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of guys, but like uh-huh. I thought that was a nice moment, and if a lot yeah, of people th- think that's... the Mariners are gonna be good, I'd imagine he's part of it. So yep. let's go with him for sure. And then what about the National League. The National League. I'll go with this. <laughs> Help me if I pronounce it incorrectly, but Seiya Suzuki. Seiya Suzuki. Yeah. That 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 big. Uh, prize that the cubs got yeah yep. let's go with him another favorite <laughs> yeah he's he's japanese right yeah he's japanese yeah yeah <laughs> no that's fair i um i really want to go with o'neill cruz but he's the one guy that didn't make the open day roster i think the pirates going to do everything in their power to make sure that he doesn't win rookie of the year or come close to it and earns the extra year uh or he gets yeah pick picks up a full service year so that way they can uh, manipulate his service time. So I'm also taking Seiya Suzuki. Just heard a lot of great things about him and he's someone who he's a That's rookie. That's exactly where I'm going with it. Cause like, yeah, he's, heard, heard he's not a true rookie. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's played, he's played professionally in like Japan ben for Simmons. a while. <laughs> yeah, not quite the same. Blake Griffin. More like, no, who's the, uh, was it Kapril Kaprizov for the Minnesota Wild? Didn't he win rookie of the year a couple of years ago? He won the Calder Trophy, but he like played professionally in Europe for like seven years. Yeah, that make, I think so. Yeah, I think that's who it was. Someone on the Wild, like that's the Kaprizov. More like yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah, Kapriz- I, Kaprizov. However you pronounce I, it, whatever you Him. pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and um, my AL Rookie of the Year pick. Like I said, I I'm confident in the Tigers being like a much better team this year. I think they'll just barely miss it. But Spencer Torkelson, number one overall pick in the 2020 draft. I don't know if there's a video of it, but apparently Miguel Cabrera gave him a first baseman glove. He like, congrats, you made the team, whatever. So like, that's also a cool thing. So that's uh, my logic for him. <laughs> so, all right, those are our picks for this year. We'll I'm see sure I'm gonna get everything right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, get ready to wrap this up with five questions. Back-to-back episodes doing five questions. We'll have to try to find a top five for the next one. Um, but with that, number one, Bruce Arians announced his retirement as head coach of the Buccaneers last week. Do you believe the idea that it's unrelated to Tom Brady returning? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I said I said so many times that Brady's done in Tampa, and then all of a sudden he comes back to Tampa. I was like, seriously like and then all of a sudden the bruce and Arian news comes out like oh okay now that it makes sense, sense. Yep, that's exactly yep. why yeah that's exactly yeah why i was right? shocked he was coming back to tampa coming back to bruce arians but yeah i mean they, they could they had to wait they had to wait two three weeks to actually announce it so it wasn't suspicious but so i think brady after 20 years of belichick i think it was such a relief for him to be with arians a guy who's just low-key polar opposite complete complete opposite of bill belichick and so it probably felt refreshing at first that he was with bruce arians uh for the first those 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 two past two seasons but i think he realized by the end of the second year he realized like this guy doesn't take coaching as seriously and i don't want to say brady misses belichick but i think he wishes that he had a coach that was low key and, and uh, re- I don't know, just nicer to the players, but also can coach the team. I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but, and I think Todd Bowles might be a good choice because he can run the defense. And I don't know if you remember him with the jets, but in, he was anytime not you li- great. Anytime you listen to the guy, he's, he's a pretty soft spoken guy and, yeah. and he's a no. good defensive minded coach. So 
I think that makes all the sense in the world to promote him as the head coach. I, I agree. I think that Bulls is the guy. I'm glad that he's getting another opportunity. He did win 10 games with the Jets in 2015, to be fair. And things definitely I, fell God, apart. God, I don't after even remember that. that. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it was like no, such things, a long time ago. I know. Yeah, that was 2015 uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. But no, I, I do think that it makes sense to go with him over Byron Leftwich. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised by this. I definitely think that when Brady went to Manchester to meet with uh, Joel Glazer, it was all right, it's me or Bruce. It's and not, then. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't blame the Bucs for choosing Brady over Bruce Arians because I really don't think Bruce Arians is anything special as a head no, coach. No, he's not. <laughs> no. Question uh, number two, the United States men's national team for soccer is officially back <laughs> in the World Cup after qualifying for this year's tournament in Qatar. What are your initial expectations after seeing the draw? I'm pretty optimistic. I, I really think that this is a good team. You know, I, I can't believe that we missed the tournament in 2018, but I really like the draw. I think uh, a lot of people were like, oh, we want to be in Group A. You want to be with Qatar, who's like the worst team to ever make the World Cup. <laughs> uh, but Group B, it seems fairly uh, reasonable. I mean, you have England, who's going to be a tough one, but then and it's Iran. Iran. And then... I don't know why they did the draw before we actually had the full tournament, but it's going to be either Ukraine, Scotland, or Wales. And, like, I don't know. None of those teams really scare me. So I think we have a very favorable path to get out of Group B into the round of 16. Yeah, I don't know anything about soccer, and that sounds favorable. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, and then looking at Group A, so outside of Qatar, it's not even that much better. Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. So... I think from there, we're going to have a really good opportunity to advance to the round of eight. So all of a sudden, we're in the Elite Eight, just a couple wins away from the, you know, I wasn't saying national championship, from winning the World Cup. So <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm very optimistic. I think this U.S. team is awesome. We got a top five player in the world in Christian Pulisic, and uh, he's going to carry us along with everyone else to yeah, the so land-ish. I'm obviously not a big soccer fan, but I do like Taylor Twellman former New England Revolution player and an ESPN analyst. And I think he's very sharp when it comes to soccer. And he, he talked about how he likes this the group for the U.S. and thinks there's potential to get out of the group stage and not win. But he says that U.S. soccer, men's, men's soccer, has a promising future in the yep. 2026 World Cup. Oh, for sure. I think that's the one where it really, really is much more impactful more meaningful for us um and it's a, a home tournament so and that too yeah. advantage out of that um doesn't really feel like there's a group of death that's the one thing like someone is like who's your group of death on on twitter and, and he also said that too like there, a there's no answers. there's not really a group of death no like there's somewhere it's like okay this maybe is like up for grabs but i don't think that we got one, which is surprising. Uh, last time we were in it in 2014, we were in the group of death. I, I hate and Germany. I, <laughs> I hated that so much when this is a contrarian. Uh, I look like a dick kind of take, but I. Everyone talked about how it was the group of death, and they got out like, "Oh, no one gave us a chance." So you beat Ghana, <laughs> then you tied Portugal. Great, you went one, and one, and one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. It just happened to be enough. <laughs> it yeah. just, and you, you won one game and it happened and it just happened to be the worst team uh in the group because 
Germany ended up winning it all. Mm-hmm. And Portugal, you gave up a goal in the tying seconds. Uh, I don't know. I just found that yeah. to be overrated. Like, I believe that we will win. And then they lost immediately to Belgium. Great. Yeah. Good. No, I mean, that's 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 a fair take. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that the U.S. has made it past the round of 16 in a very long time, if ever, on the men's side. So, um We'll see if this actually holds true and we can go on a deeper run. Um, it's going to be super interesting having it go head to head with football season, though the real football. That, yeah, that that hurts because <laughs> I because I heard about it last week or whenever the drawing came out that uh-huh. apparently they can't play the World Cup because it's so humid and hot. It's so hot, yeah. In they... the summertime, of course, in Qatar that. They have to play it when it's the in November and December when it's when it's competing with American football. And uh, I, I think still gonna even, be really hot. Even too. though it's in the regular season, I I still think that's really hard to do to compete with football. Yeah, just given no, how big football is. You know? I know. So they they set our schedule. So we play the Friday after Thanksgiving. I think we play Monday or Tuesday, and then we oh we play the following Tuesday as well. So I don't think there's gonna be a game on Sunday, but like. If there's games on Sunday, I'm not going to watch World Cup over NFL football. No, God, no. <laughs> All right. Question number three. Impractical Jokers return on Saturday night with a new episode featuring Eric Andre. What are your thoughts on the first episode without Joe Gatto? I'm not going to lie. I I told you this weekend uh, when you asked me about this, I'll, I'll admit I didn't – I was half paying attention, and but even though I – I didn't care for it. it. I don't know. I don't know if it's because Joe's not there or I don't know. I like the bits that they do in like grocery stores or when they, when they're in teams doing a PowerPoint or when they're doing the name. Ga- I don't know. I just, the bits that they're doing just really weren't, they weren't, they, they weren't didn't fun. appeal to me. No, um, they, I totally agree. I didn't love it. My initial thought was, Oh, this will be a good way to cheer me up on Sunday after duke beats north carolina and i was like well north carolina won anyway so i don't need that and i was like i'm glad because this wouldn't have cheered me up i guess that's another reason why it didn't really cheer me up is because i was the opposite Uh, where i was like oh my god duke just lost like there goes yeah you lost all this money (laughs) yeah there there goes my there goes my winnings and and so Uh, i was just sad about that and all of a sudden practical jokers just happened to be on right after and i didn't even change a channel and it's just like yeah i didn't i didn't care for it uh, I, no, I and think, I also I thought that Eric. A lot of things. Just I thought Eric was going to be like in all of the challenges. That's as what well, I thought too. Yeah, I noticed that as well. It's like okay, he was uh, only in the punishment. Yeah, he was barely and, there. I thought Eric Andre. Yeah, like what you just said. I thought he was going to actually legit replace Joe for an episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like at as a contestant or a as like one yeah, of like the, he would actually be doing the same the, kind the challenges of challenges and know, he would get punished maybe hitting camera or stuff. Yeah, right. But the, and it, it just showed didn't him happen. In, yeah, the punishment. He and... just showed up for the punishment. Like little clips in the office. They like yeah. made a joke about it being all like fake and fake, scripted right. and stuff. But I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't as good as I thought it would be. And you know what? No, I was very I've, disappointed. I watched Impragal Jokers consistently through the first, I don't know, X number, five, six, whatever number seasons. And then it got to a point where I would occasionally tune in, miss some episodes. Uh, I still watch some of the best stuff on reruns on youtube or whatever but yeah it got to a point where i don't know what season season was like eight or nine i don't remember which one it was but there it came to a point where i kind of stopped watching and because i don't know it got to a point where it's like it, all right i get it <laughs> uh, um 
I don't know. I, I love binging the older episodes. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I the newer ones, like season nine, was like very, very hit or miss. I, I like, there were some know. hilarious moments, but yeah. I didn't even watch. I, I don't want maybe not any of it, but barely any of it. I guess. Uh-huh. And I don't want to say. It does feel like that, the show has run its course. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised Way it's still going. That's that's the uh-huh. thing. Like, I'm I'm a huge fan of the show, but I'm surprised it's still going and. After seeing this past episode, even though I was half paying attention, it's like there's going to be an end at some point, especially with Joe not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. With the stuff that he's dealing with right now, which kind of, which stinks to like hearing why he had to leave the show mm-hmm. and like because of family troubles or whatever. So yeah, I didn't care for it. Yeah. All right. And then uh, it doesn't leave me optimistic for future guests. <laughs> Yeah, and then question number four, the Grammys were held on Sunday night in Las Vegas. Are you happy with or disappointed by any of the Recording Academy's award choices? Both. I am happy that Olivia Rodrigo won three Grammys for uh, Best New Artist, uh, Best Pop Album for Sour uh, best pop vocal album specifically. I don't know if there's a non-vocal album that she could have won. Uh, and then best pop solo performance for Driver's License. I I was very happy that she won those awards, but I was expecting a lot more. Like I thought that she could have won album of the year. I thought that Driver's License could have won song of the year, record of the year. Uh, they didn't win. And I'm not a huge fan of Leave the Door Open, the Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars, and Anderson Pock song that won. Don't really know anything about John Baptiste and his album. I was very surprised. He was shocked when he won. He didn't see it coming. So I was disappointed. Um, probably way more than I should have been. Like I always say like, Oh, the Grammys Oscars, like all these award shows don't matter. But uh, here I was like very, very optimistic um, that Olivia Rodrigo would get some more wins. And that was really the only one I cared about uh, in terms of any of the artists. I just like loved her album. A lot of it is I knew who she was before Driver's License even came out just because I watched her uh, High School Musical spinoff show, which I I think is still incredible, even though season two was very cringy compared to season one. Um, So, yeah, I was a big fan of her. Sour is a great album. Came out of the perfect time for me, which that was one thing that John Baptiste said. He was like, I don't believe that there's any such thing as like a best song, a best actor, a best art, whatever. It's all about reaching people at the right time. And I I think that was a good message that he gave that kind of was like, yeah, don't care about the Grammys, who won or who lost. But um, that was was one thing where I was like, after my wins on Saturday and Sunday night, I was like, oh, I'm going to get more Olivia Rodrigo, like best pop album or best album overall, Sour. She won some things. She won some things, but she she didn't win the thing. She didn't win the biggest things and uh, i was uh i was really hoping to to get those and then of course monday night happens tar heels lose and it's like all right we're fully back down to earth now we'll see about the masters though with brooks but uh, yeah we'll see but yeah i, I i'm kind of like it's like what ben said with the oscars where i love uh i love movies like him and obviously love music as well but when it comes to these award shows like i don't really care uh and yeah, <laughs> that's really my short, sweet take, <laughs> simple take on that. Like, I don't really care about the these award shows, and and yeah, no, like and and the only reason why the Oscars got talked about is because Will Smith because of the Will Smith somebody. slapping Chris Rock. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, if it weren't for that, would we even be talking about the Oscars at all? Like, no, probably not. No, yeah. I mean, we we didn't really even talk about the Oscars. <laughs> we just mentioned that. 
Yeah, I uh, no, I mean, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the award shows overall. Mostly just combination of not knowing a lot of the things yeah. that are winning awards and also like not agreeing with the choices. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I totally deserve to be upset with myself because like, why, why do I even care about the yeah, w- at all? When it comes to the Oscars, the like, the, so the big awards like the Best Picture, I'll know like one movie. Uh, out uh-huh. of out of like the ten choices, and like the one that I know like won't win at all. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, like and and then it's just a big ego fest. <laughs> these award shows, it's just like the the biggest uh-huh. egos on earth coming together. All the, I know all the big celebrities, and yeah, coming I, together I totally as one. All right, um, <laughs> all right. Question number five. We'll wrap this up. National Beer Day is celebrated around the country on April 7th. What are some of your favorite pints to order at the bar? You could probably answer this question better than I could because I'm pretty simple. Like, I'll just get like Corona or Miller Lite or Bud Light or Heineken, whatever. I'm, I'm pretty simple when it comes to when it comes to that stuff. And Corona and Miller Lite are like two of my least favorite beers. Yeah, but like those gross. are like the biggest ones. And it's like, I kind of just get what everyone else gets and it's i don't like i don't i'm not as big in the drinking scene i guess as you no i i get it yeah i um i mean i guess if i had to start with my light beers i uh as I've long as it's cold really... that's, that's i guess that's the biggest thing it has to be cold i guess is really the thing i don't have a huge preference between one or the other as long as it's cold <laughs> Yeah, Coors Light has really grown on me in recent years. That's always my go-to draft order. Um, I always That's say Coors one. Light yeah. draft, Bud Light bottle, and then Mick Ultra can, as if I had to throw in the third one for that. Uh, but of course, I mean those are more like the end of the night or like you know like late night thing. If I'm just going to like a nice place, um, I like to get something a little better. Unless I'm like I have to drive, but I want to be social, so I'm going to get a four percent beer. Um, for me. Beer season is at its best from September to March. I love Oktoberfest beers. Um, Sam Adams Oktoberfest, one of my favorite. Pumpkin beers, just all the fall flavors. And then it starts to turn into porter and stout season, which those are my favorites. Chocolate porters, peanut butter porters, coffee, you know, stout as well. There's um, uh, 603 Brewery in Londonderry, New Hampshire. They make a really good coffee cake porter that my parents always have. Um, big fan of that. Just like fun, fun flavors. Um, you know, they're, they're heavier. You can't really drink more than like one or two. Um, but they're, they're definitely my go-to, uh, especially if that's all I'm doing, just like having a beer with, at dinner. And then kind of going into March, I guess, just to wrap it up, like you'll uh, you know, I, I like St. Patrick's Day, like having like one Guinness and like a, a green Bud Light or whatever. And then at that point, I switched to seltzers uh, for the most part. And like, you know, I'll, I'll still drink some beers. I guess my go to summer beers would be Shock Top and Line and Google, just your citrusy, but I'm not an IPA fan. I think they're disgusting. I don't understand why people like them. So uh, I think one disagreement you know, I have with everything you said there is I don't like Guinness. That's probably the yeah, one. I mean, it's I'm not a huge fan like. of Guinness. It's one of my least favorite stouts and porters. Uh, so, but like to me, it's like the Guinness. Like that's the end of stout season. It's like, all right, now I'm gonna start drinking. I guess I'll drink light beer more often. But then that's when it's like, okay, it's White Claw, Bud Light Seltzer, like all those times uh, drinking outside by the pool, drinking, you know, day drinking and stuff. So, 
Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, we'll see. It's a Thursday night, but I kind of feel obligated to celebrate in some way. Probably won't be getting as hammered as I was Saturday night watching the uh, North Carolina Duke game, but um, you know, nothing wrong. I think with, that's like, literally impossible. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely could have been worse. <laughs> and I, yeah, I. Uh, no, it, it was. It was. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right, so that'll wrap up this one. Um, that's it for college basketball. We get the NBA playoffs starting up soon. Uh, might have a playoff preview, at least looking ahead to the play-in games next week. No, we'll. I guess we'll recap the Masters as well. We'll see. Yeah, it's just you know, there's, like a simple thing, especially unless, especially if something big happens. Yeah, right. If Tiger wins the whole thing, like wow, like. <laughs> Oh yeah, I totally saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never, never doubted him for a second. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think that it's a, a fun time of the year. No, it's a great uh, time of the year. Stanley Cup playoffs college... eventually, NFL draft. Yeah. No, it's definitely an awesome time of the year because college basketball it never disappoints, and this year, mm-hmm. well, especially for you, it definitely <laughs> lived up to the hype. This year, like, yeah, sure. obviously, I was rooting for the other team, but it's like. I I can't I have to acknowledge that like that was still an amazing game. Yeah, it was an awesome game. Yeah, so, um, and then and and even the championship, it's, it's you, like obviously you didn't. No, it was a great game. Yes, yes, that was also a great game. I I thought yeah. it was over. I actually thought, like I'll let I'll be honest. Like I really thought once it was halftime, up by fifteen, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's in the bag. Yeah, <laughs> and anytime I, I say it's in the bag. Uh, most of the time I do that just to reverse jinx it and so the other team can get back in the game. But I legitimately thought it was in the bag. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it, I, I was feeling it and I was like, I can't think like this. And then, yeah, Kansas right away yeah. proved why I shouldn't think like that. So, but yeah, awesome time of the year. Like, like I just said with college basketball and then the masters coming up and then, yeah, like you said, we have the two playoffs the nba and nhl playoffs but and then also the nfl draft which is fun even if i don't really know like 99 percent of the players i, st- <laughs> I still i still love it uh, now april is definitely one of the best sports months out of the year yeah. so even when uh, there's we'll, no football there's still football there's still football stuff there's still or football. news or, yep. or moves or picks. i know the nfl draft it's we already had a trade for the draft of the saints and the Eagles, that was a, so. that was I couldn't even. My my head was. It was a strange trade. I I think so. It was strange timing for that trade. I was so confused by that. I didn't even want to read the rest of it when I when I read the first couple of lines. I was just like. Yeah, basically <laughs> the logic is the Saints have ammo to get a quarterback this year, and the Eagles have ammo to get one next year. You know that meme where it's like good for you or sorry about what happened. That meme that you know yeah. that meme. Uh, all? Yeah, like the text, yeah like that. That's like what I thought long. when yeah. when I read that the. The move between the Saints and Eagles, like, yeah, I'm not gonna read all that, but good for you. Or sorry about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Too many, too all many right. moves in that yeah. trade. <laughs> a lot, a lot of moving parts in that, and I'm sure that won't be the last draft uh, trade to talk about. But all right, that'll that'll wrap this one up. So, like I said, we got a lot of lot of good stuff to talk about in the coming weeks. You know, rest of this month and rest of the spring. So, for my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Courtney Thanks, everyone.